read, I will read, um, just follow with your eyes, I will go to verse number 3. Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. This friend. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, uh, once again for bringing us together into this place of worship. Be glorified, Lord, in the midst of your people. Be magnified. And I pray, O oh God, that you'll just bless these people. And thank you, Lord, that we have this place that we can worship you in spirit and in truth. Bless, Lord, our people and um, all of us uh, that are here. I pray, O oh God, that your Holy Spirit will be the one that will um, uh, deal with uh, each and every one, Lord, and will help each and every one to understand your word. Help me also as I deliver your word to your people. Touch my mouth and my lips and cleanse me, O God, and cleanse your people and give us a heart that is receptive to your word. And give us victory in our activities today. And thank you, Lord, for um, uh, your grace and your mercy that until today we are still alive. And we are still, uh, Lord, able to worship you. Bless once again our service today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. This is the message that um, partly I brought yesterday to the Soul Winning Revival, which concluded yesterday in Pakatani. And we praise the Lord for His working for the past few weeks. And uh, we, we trust that the Lord will also work in our hearts. That's how the Lord worked in our hearts throughout this um, Soul Winning Revival. And I also quoted a um, verse from Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse number 14, which says, If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves, and pray, and seek my face, then, and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, and will forgive their sins, and heal their lands. Now, again, all throughout this um, uh, scripture, the, the Lord is uh, wanting his people to call. He's wanting his people to pray, and that is a great, uh, really a blessing for all our churches who were involved or soul winning, and also the soul winning revival, and the conference that we had um, in the past few weeks, that um, we received messages, sermons after sermons, and many of them um, about revival, and we have a great blessings, and, and during those uh, times in the pastor's conference, and Many of you came and many of you, you know, being a part of that pastor's conference and we all praise the Lord for his working in that event. And we concluded that whole stretch of um, series of meetings yesterday in Pakatani, although they are going to finish today, but we cannot be a part of that today. So that um, um, soul winning revival, which uh, entitled this year, Call Unto Me. And the emphasis to that is prayer, if I'm not mistaken. For many years, it was our 10th um, annual um, Soul Winning Revival. And for many years, we've been speaking about, about soul winning, about approach, about uh, methods, about you know um, all these uh, things that we need to do in order to reach um, the people out for the Lord Jesus Christ. And this time, it's about prayer. I, I, I spoke yesterday and said that really, um, there must, there must be something that we need to do because it, it is a blessed thought that God wants us to pray. It is, it is really a, you know, just a thought of it that God wants us to come to Him and call Him. He wants us to pray. The Lord wants us to, you know, uh, to, to call upon Him and He compels us to do it. He wants us to come. The reason being because only God can make us accomplish the impossible. We cannot do anything about the things that we desire without the Lord. We desire things. We want people to get saved. Now, you can have all the equipment that you need. You, might, you can have all the, you know, the, 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 the words that you know. You have all the verses that you know. If the Lord will not work with you, nothing can happen to that person. Because winning a soul to Christ is an impossible thing. But we have a God that can make us accomplish the impossible. That is why it is um, a great blessing that, you know, when God answers our prayer, His answer can cause victory. His answer can cause joy, rejoicing, and revival. The Lord can give us revival. Calling upon Him can trigger revival. That's what I said yesterday uh, in the meetings that, you know, when, when we call upon the Lord, there is a great potential that the Lord will plant. Blessings of revival, spiritual awakening, 
And people will just realize that they need the Lord. People will just come to their senses that we, they need God. That is what we, you know, desire in the Lord and only God can make that happen. Call unto me, he said, and I will answer thee. You know, when God answers, there's a great blessing. And you will see uh, the impossible things and you will see this, this impossible things that will happen to your life. Something that you have not experienced before. You will experience things that you have not even, you know, think that you can experience in your life. That is why we need to understand that it is the Lord's working. And there are so many great things that await you. There are so many things that await us, uh, await the, um, uh, in the future that the Lord will bring to us or give to us because He has prepared something great for us. In, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse number 9, the Bible says that, As it is written, I have not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man, the things which God had prepared for them that love him. When God answers prayers, there is always great things. Great things will happen. He will give us blessing, spiritual blessing, and when he gives us spiritual blessing, it is grand, it is majestic, it is mighty, something that cannot be done by our hands, something that cannot be accomplished, even from the brightest of us, from the wealthiest of us, it cannot be done, but the Lord will do great things in, our, in the midst of us. That's why he wanted us to call. Call unto me, and I will answer thee. Call unto me. But you may say, Pastor, we all do call. We all do pray. Is there anything we miss here? I'll tell you, my friend. It is amazing, really, that there is this one disciple I was amazed. One disciple of the Lord. While the Lord Jesus Christ, he always accustomed himself, separating himself when he prayed. He, he normally does not join the disciples when they pray. They will walk away a little bit farther and a bit away from them. And the Lord will pray, you know, his own way of prayer. And these disciples will be left here to pray. And then after the Lord Jesus Christ finished praying, there was this one apostle. One apostle approached him in, in Luke 11, 1. Luke chapter 11, verse number 1. And it came to pass that as he was praying, Jesus, in a certain place, when he, the Lord Jesus, sees one of his disciples, this is apostle, this is apostle, said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. I'll tell you, I was amazed at this. Because this is not ordinary Christian. This is an apostle. And this apostle has a problem with prayer. He doesn't know how to pray. All of you here this morning, I think you know somewhere, somehow, how to pray. All of us, from young children all the way to the oldest of us, know how to pray. But this apostle has a problem with prayer. But I will tell you, my friends, that problem of the apostle has persisted until today. We think that we know how to pray. We think that we know already what to pray and how to pray. No, no, we do not know how to pray. This disciple, this apostle is just very honest. He asked the Lord, Lord, teach us to pray. And I believe this problem persisted for 2,000 years now. And this problem remains here. This is still your problem. This is still my problem. And in fact, this is still the problem of the church. 2,000 years after. This is a perennial problem. This has been here for many years. The disciples of the Lord Jesus heard him preach the greatest of sermons. 
the disciples of the Lord Jesus witnessed him perform the greatest of miracles. But these disciples did not ask the Lord Jesus to teach them to preach. These disciples did not ask the Lord Jesus to teach them how to perform miracles. This disciple of the Lord Jesus witnessed him silence the Pharisees and Sadducees in reasoning. But this disciple did not ask the Lord Jesus to teach them how to debate. This disciple asked the Lord, Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. Yeah. What an honest you know, inquiry or an honest request. That even the greatest of Christians in this world is still destitute of knowledge about prayer. We, we look up to these people, this, this apostle. We look up to these people, but, but this apostle doesn't know how to pray. But my friend, I'm not to belittle the, the ability of this apostle, but I will tell you, that kind of um, problem is still with us. We do not know how to pray. In fact, the apostle Paul said this in Romans chapter 8, verse number 26. Romans 8, 26, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. In other words, when, when we are in need and we come to the Lord in prayer, we do not know what kind of prayer we need. And we do not know how to utter that prayer, and we do not know how to give it to the Lord. We do not know how to deliver the prayer, but we need the Holy Spirit to help us how to say it. And in fact, the Holy Spirit is the one that will help us in order for God to see our need. So you see, my friend, this problem has been here. We cannot imagine really one asking the Lord Jesus about prayer and this person is an apostle. But today we will see, we will see here a few items um, the importance of prayer when we seek revival. We want revival. We want God to change this land. We want the Lord to, to save the lost. We want the, the Lord to, to, you know, to spread this salvation so that people in the world can see Christ and that they may hear and that they may believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. But again, revival comes when Christians pray. When we pray the prayer that God wants, Revival could come to us. Let's take a look at this simple, simple demonstration of the fact that God sends gracious times of refreshing in answer to the prayers of the faithful. When you and I will come to the Lord to pray for salvation, when you and I will come to the Lord to pray for revival, I believe the Lord will always provide something. And in fact, he did that, and, and he, 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 he always provided that. And he never fails to do that. You see, 2 Chronicles 7, 14. 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse number 14. This is one of the divine promises in the Bible. That God does answer prayers. And he promised this. And he wants to do this in our lives also, not just in the time of, of um, the, the, the um, patriarch in, uh, in the wilderness. The Lord wants us to understand that this promise is still active until today. What did God say? If my people, you are God's people, I am God's child, I am a person belong to the Lord, all of us. We are God's people. So therefore, this word is really for us. If my people, which are called by my name. Remember, when God said that, we are called by his name. In fact, we are because we are called Christian. Christians. We have Christ in our name. Who are you? I am a Christian. So Christ is in my name. And we are called by his name. If my people which are called by my name. There are requirements. If you are God's child today, there are requirements. 
The first one is shall humble themselves. I will not talk about, you know, all this humility and how God wants us to be humble and how God hates the proud and all those kind of things. We have, you know, talked about that for many, many times already. But I will focus on the prayer and the answer of God because that is what He promises here. He promises answer to our prayers and said, um, humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then, then, Will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land? God said, call and then I will answer you. Call unto me and I will answer thee. And show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest that. Um, I mean, Jeremiah 29 verse 12. <clears throat> Jeremiah 29 verse 12. Then shall ye call upon me, and you shall go and uh, you shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. I will hearken. God has promised answers to prayers. That is why, Lord, we prayed a lot. Why, Lord, until today we are still waiting for your answer? I will tell you, my friend, I think there's a problem with prayers. We do not know how to pray. That is a problem because if we have prayed, then God would have given us what we have asked for. Because it is His promise, when we come to Him, He will, he will also hearken, He will listen, He will provide, He will heal. But the problem is God, maybe your prayer does not reach the roof. Your prayer is only up to the ceiling. Your prayer did not go beyond the roof. The Lord is far above in the heavens. But even though He is far above in the heavens, He can hear your, your, your cry, even your silent cry, the Lord can hear it. Why the Lord cannot hear us, no matter how much we shout, no matter how much we cry, why the Lord cannot hear us? Because He only sees the heart, not the voice of our mouth. If there is a problem in the heart, if there is problem in the heart, the Lord will not hear. That is why we need to know how to pray. The disciples is right in asking that question or in asking requests. Lord, teach us to pray because this is a problem. This is a problem. If we cannot communicate heaven, if we cannot communicate heaven, there is a great problem. We are like soldiers in the war, in the battlefield, and we, we run out of ammunition, and we cannot call the headquarters to send us back up. If there is problem with our prayer, this is, that is the most dangerous point in your warfare. That is why, my friend, we need to, to attend to this prayer. We need to make sure that this prayer is right. The disciple, you know, spotted on. There is a problem with our prayer. Lord, teach us to pray. He did not ask God, Lord, teach us how to perform miracles. Lord, teach us how to, how to debate all this as religion around us. Lord, teach us. No, he did not ask to teach us about all those things. He asked, Lord, teach us to pray. He did not even ask, Lord, teach us to sing. Teach us to pray. You see, all these references that we have here show us that God is willing to send revival. It is not a problem with God. It is what God wants. But the problem is we, as His people, are not ready for revival. We are not ready as His people. As he is willing to answer us, he is not, he is not seeking us ready to receive God's blessing. Another thing that we can find here, the historic examples of revival who have recorded in the Old Testament will show us that indeed God wants us to pray so that he can move and he wants, he wants to move and he wants to work in the midst of us. I showed this to the people yesterday about 1 Samuel chapter 7, verse number one. First Samuel chapter 7, verse number 1. 
Bible says there, from verse number 1 to 14, you see that the people, they have forsaken the Lord. They have forsaken God. These people, they have the guts to, to, to forsake the Lord. I cannot really understand. A person saved by the grace of God has the, you know, audacity to talk against God, to walk away from God. These people have forsaken the Lord. And you know what will happen to a person that will forsake the Lord? Problems. When a person forsake the Lord, problems will, will be straight away, you know, in his way. These people have forsaken the Lord. And you know what they did? Verse number four. They worship Baalim. They worship Baalim and Asteroid. These are false gods, not real God, not true God, and they are no gods at all. No gods. They cannot do evil, they yeah. cannot do good yeah. because they are just, you know, statues. Yeah. Now, Prophet Samuel, what a blessing it is. That's why I have a daughter, <laughs> Samuel. Because, because this man is, a, is such a great blessing to the nation of Israel. He is, she, he is such a blessing. Prophet Samuel challenged the people, you know, we have a problem here. We have a problem, but this is what we need to do. This is what we need to do. Put away Bialim. Put away Asteroth. And we will worship God only. I will tell you, the people listened to him. When the people listened to him, they, 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 you know, chuck uh, Bialim, they, they, cut off with Ashtaroth and all those kind of worship. They clean up the temple. They they clean up the, the altar. They, they, you know, they, they just clean up everything. And the people just obeyed the words of Samuel. And we know, you know, when, when, when the people obeyed Samuel, the enemy was not happy. The enemy was about to conduct a raid and organize an attack upon the children of God. Philistines. The Philistines organized an attack and when they did, I will tell you what happened. The people of God were afraid. They were so afraid. They were, they were so um, scared because that could be the end of them. That could be the end of their children. That could be the end of their wives. That could be the end of everything about Jewish people. Because now there are so many. The Philistines are now ready to attack. And the children of Israel were so afraid in verse number 7. And you know what, what, what the people did? And you know what's their response to this threat? They asked Samuel. They asked Samuel and said to Samuel, Samuel, keep on praying. Pray, Samuel, please pray and keep on praying. Do not cease to pray. Do not stop praying. Just keep on praying. I will tell you verse number 10. Verse number 10, because of prayers, revival came. The Lord sent his help and the Lord answered the prayer and helped Israel and they were able to defeat their enemies because God destroyed the enemies. That is an answer to prayer. Direct answer to the prayer of Samuel. The man of God prayed to the Lord and begged God, Lord, save your people. Lord, save the families, save the children. And the Lord answered the prayer. That was an you know, evidence that there is direct answer from heaven. Even though they cannot hear God, even though they cannot see God, but they know that God will move. And Israel was saved. Another example of the direct prayer that was answered by God, Hezekiah. Hezekiah, he experienced revival in Judah. In the book of Second Chronicles, chapter 29, verse number 3 to 
verse number 36, all that um, in between, you will see the children of Israel receive God's punishment. They, they experience the firstness of the hands of God against them. Why? Because the people of God just left God. They just don't pray anymore. They don't read the Bible anymore. They don't come to church anymore. They just do what they want to do. And the Lord was angry at them and, 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 and gave them punishment. And in verse number 5, you will find there, verse number 5, and they allowed the altar to be to remain filthy. Well, I do not know. I, I have not seen that, uh, that the altar is filthy. Perhaps when they call filthy, maybe there are still some stains there or some old blood there or, or you know, worms or a lot of uh, um, things and floating there or whatever. We do not know, but it's filthy. It's filthy. And that is the altar. That is supposed to be the cleanest part of the, of the worship place. The altar should be clean, but they have left the altar filthy. In verse number 6 and verse number 7, we found that they had forsaken the Lord their God. They stopped the services. There's no more morning service. There's no more worship service. They just, they just don't like, like to do it anymore. They just stopped. No more service to God, no more coming to church, and we'll just do, you know, go picnic and let's go to the park, let's bring our children, and uh, we'll just play in the, in the, in the yard, and uh, we will just clean the house, and we'll just, you know, have barbecue, no service, no church. They just left the Lord, they just stopped the services, they turned their backs. But there was this king. By the name of King Hezekiah. He loved the Lord. And the people just maybe need a little bit of leading. So he asked the Lord, I mean, he asked the people to, you know, this is the time that the Lord will use us. Our fathers, they have forgotten the Lord, and our ancestors, they stopped and they ceased from serving the Lord, and it, it should not go that way. We will do this now, and we will, we will serve the Lord now. Enough of the world, enough of sin, enough of those ungodliness. Let us now start serving the Lord. He said this in verse number, uh, um, 2 Chronicles 29, verse number 11. He encouraged the people. And he saw and understand God's call to do the right thing. This is, this is, the, this is the right thing that need, needs to be done. We have a time to worship the Lord. Let us establish that again. There is a time that we will worship the Lord. Let's come together and worship the Lord. Do not stop that because that is what God wants. And his forefathers and their ancestors, they stopped it for many years. And Hezekiah said, no, we will, we will start over again. Let us serve the Lord. And he said here in verse number 9, My sons, my sons, be not now negligent. Why he said, be not now negligent? Because his father and his grandfather and his great-great-grandfather and all these people in those land, they neglect the Lord. All of them, they neglect the Lord. They stop serving God. So therefore, he said here, my sons, be not now negligent. You know, if you stop coming to church, even just one Sunday, if you stop, you are neglecting neglecting your um, your God. That is neglect. You don't do what is supposed to be done. If you are a father or if you are a father and you keep all your income and you did not give money to your wife to buy food for your children, that is neglect. Just even just for one week. If your family failed to eat their meal, because you did not give money from your work, I'll tell you that is neglect. If you are a mother and you just don't want to get up, you know, you just want to stay in the room and lie down there, you're tired, and you don't want to give milk to your baby, and your baby is crying for milk, and you don't want to get up, and no one will get up, that is neglect. This is what Hezekiah is saying here. Be not now negligent. 
Because their parents neglect the Lord. Their ancestors neglect the Lord. Let us stop that neglect. Be not now negligent. Yeah. Why? For the Lord had chosen you to stand before Him. I think this is applicable today. Yeah. You are here in the church today because God wants you to serve Him. Yeah. Do not, you know, do not allow that opportunity to serve the Lord slip away. Because if you do not serve the Lord, someone else will. These chairs, these chairs here are supposed to be filled with people. These seats here are supposed to be filled with people. And perhaps those people have decided, no, I don't want to serve the Lord. So therefore they do not come. But I will tell you, my friend, this is what Hezekiah is saying. My sons, be not now negligent, for the Lord has chosen you. Me, I take it personally. The Lord wants me. I cannot wait for my this, this I mean, uh, you know, descendants. I don't want. I don't want to, to wait. Nehemiah and maybe the children of Nehemiah or the children of Sam in the future. To serve God and to do this, what we are supposed to be doing, we can do it now. We are the ones that God wants to do it now. For the Lord has chosen you to stand before Him, to serve Him, and that you should minister unto Him. You see those words? Service, minister, stand before God, do the service of the Lord. If your children wants to come and serve the Lord, let your children serve the Lord. Do not stop your children from serving the Lord. Because I will tell you, you will regret it. If you stop your children from serving the Lord later on, they will mess up their lives and you will say, Oh, I wish I, I, wish I allow my, my, my daughter to go to Bible school. Oh, I wish I allow my, 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 my child to go to church. Hezekiah saw this and understood the very important moment. My friend, today is a very important moment. In your life, you have to make that decision whether or not you will serve God. You have to serve the Lord because Joshua said, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Brothers and sisters, this is our time to serve the Lord. Do not be negligent. Serve the Lord with all your heart. Encourage your family. Bring your family to serve the Lord. And pour it out unto the Lord. Give the Lord the, 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 uh, the glory that He deserves in your life. We have another example of prayer that opened the great revival in the lives of God's people. And that is the story of Nehemiah. In Nehemiah chapter 1, verse number 5, to verse number 11 we hope we, we saw how devastating it is for Nehemiah to see the destruction of Israel the destruction of Jerusalem the kingdom wall was broken there's no more protection and people will just come in and wreak havoc in the communities because the wall is broken the enemies will come I will tell you they are not friendly when the enemies come, they will grab whatever they can get and they will take it away without your, even though you, you resist, they will kill you and there's no, um, there is no consequence to them. They will come into the place and they will grab the girls and take it away to their camp. They will rape their women, they will rape their wives and, and there's no consequences. That is what's the situation there that Nehemiah, because of this devastating news, Nehemiah brought to his knees. He could not sleep, he could not um, eat, and he was, he was really devastated. Upon knowing this event, what happened um, in Jerusalem, and because of that, he prayed to God. He prayed to the Lord. He asked the Lord, Lord, give me favor. I will approach king, the king. I will approach the king. I have to go back. I have to go to Jerusalem. 
I, I have to I have to do something in Jerusalem. I'll tell you my friend God answered his prayer and God sent revival in Israel through Nehemiah. The book of Judges you can find the same time and time again the people turn to God in prayer and it's time the Lord graciously answered their prayers. I will tell you also he will answer your prayer if the Lord will be pleased upon our prayers. And aside from the story of the Old Testament, there are also these historic accounts of revival recorded in the New Testament. We see the great revival at Jerusalem. But I will tell you that the, the revival in Jerusalem was preceded by a lot of prayers. Prayer after prayer after prayer, then great revival. Then prayer after prayer after prayer, then the revival of Samaria happened. Then prayer after prayer after prayer, then the revival in Antioch. Then prayer and after prayer and after prayer, then the revival of Philippi. A lot of revivals happened. And, and prayer after prayer, then the Ephesus, the revival in Ephesus. All of these were preceded by prayer. Now, how many times we have prayed? Have we asked God to, to answer our prayers and to, to, bring, to bring our petitions to God? Have we, have we asked God for our family? Did you come to the Lord and ask God to bless your children? Lord, did you cry unto the Lord? Did you shed the tears? Did you beg God, Lord, please bless my children? Do not allow my children, Lord, to go astray. Please, Lord, bless my children. Have you come to the Lord and maybe your children, while they are sleeping, you, you, you sneak into the room and, and then you will put your hands upon their head and you pray to the Lord and, Lord, please bless my child. Help my child, Lord, to know you more and to love you more. Help my child, Lord, to be faithful to you and, and help him in his problem. Lord, if my, my children will encounter sin, I pray, Lord, that they will come to you to seek um, forgiveness. Have you come to the Lord and pray and cry to the Lord for your children? Or you do not even care? As long as I have fed my children, as long as there is food in the, in the table there, that's, that's, that's for them. As long as I, I, have, I have sent them to school, that's it. As long as they have, they have money for their uh, load or uh, they, have, they have phones, that's it. I will tell you, my friend, that is very poor. You are not helping your children. If that is the only measurement of, of being a parent to them, it's just providing them food and providing them a house to sleep and, and providing them um, um, an, an education. No. Talk to God. Secure the future of your children with God. Because we do not know what's the future, you know, lies ahead. But we have to ask the Lord, Lord, please bless my children. Keep them away from sin. Lord, keep them away from harm. Prayer after prayer, when, when prayer is done, the Lord will hear. You see, and we see other stories of revival that occurred many, many um, times and many um, occasions of um, the revival that happened. But I will tell you, every revival that happens in the recent history are from David Brainerd and Whitefield and Wesley's, the brothers, and all those revivals from um, Moody, from um, the preachings of um, Billy Sunday and, and many other preachers in, in the 18th century, 19th century, those people, my friend, um, the revivals happened there because it was preceded by prayer. No revival, no victory, spiritual victory in the land without prayer. All of those were preceded by much and much and much and much prayer. That is why we don't have revival, because we don't pray. And you see, God answered prayer by pouring out His blessing when we pray unto the Lord. Another thing at last here, there are a few more things that I want to share to you about uh, the kind of prayer that promotes revival. What kind of prayer is it that precedes and promotes the outpouring of the divine blessing to come upon our lives 
to come upon, upon our families and you know life and our church and and again all of that my friend all of that comes by prayer a prayer that has come as a result of a deeply felt need you must have a desperate need you must have a desperate you know desire for the lord and here we can see nehemiah we can see hezekiah we see all these people they wept they wept for god's help they wept literally and the lord sends revival he sent revival out of the prayer of his people i know that we have problems i know that but for many times we don't turn to the lord to seek and to solve the problems that we have what is that prayer that promotes revival my friend not just a desperate prayer but also a prayer that is marked by a spirit-born intensity there must be seriousness there must be seriousness if there is no seriousness in our lives do not expect the Lord to be serious in answering your prayers you need to be serious so that the Lord will, will also be serious in his, in his answer Daniel he comes to the Lord and begs the Lord he asked the Lord and he said in his word in Daniel 9.3 And I set my face unto the Lord God to seek by prayer and supplication with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. In verse number 4, And I prayed unto the Lord my God, Daniel 9.4 And made my confession and said, O Lord, the great and dreadful God, Keeping the covenant and mercy to them that love him and to them that keep his commandments Is it verse number five? We have sinned and have committed iniquity and have done wickedly and have rebelled Even by departing from the precepts from the judgments Neither have we hearkened unto thy servants the prophets which spake in thy name to our kings and our princes and our fathers and to all the people of the land Daniel was so serious and Daniel prayed to the Lord and he asked God and he confessed his sins. Notice in verse number 8. Verse number 8 he said, O Lord, to us belongeth confusion of faith, to our kings, to our princes, and to our fathers, because we have sinned against thee. He asked for forgiveness. He confessed his sins. He confessed the sins of his fathers, the trespasses of the people. These great people of the past, they confess, they ask God, they are serious, but when are we going to confess our sins? When are we, when, when are we going to do ours? My friend, if we really want revival in our lives, we, if we want revival, we cannot have it until we confess our sins. If we want change, if we want God's blessing in our family, in our, in our, in our work, in, in everything that we do, we cannot have it until we ask God for forgiveness of our sins. There is this intensity. There is this intensity of prayer. No wonder God did that, you know, blessing. He gave that blessing to Daniel because Daniel please the Lord but our people we, we don't want change we don't want to change uh, we just want to come to church and we just want to have this you know very very convenient very very comfortable religion that we have we, we have this religious duty but anyway it, it can be done you know um, we will we have always free time Sunday anyway so we come to church and we can perform our religious duty I will tell you my friend the word of God is serious but the people of God are not we have forgotten that there are souls that are you know dependent upon us we have forgotten that there are works the work of the Lord dependent upon us but until we truly have compassion for souls until we truly have love for the souls of men we are not ready for that revival until the Lord will speak to our hearts and be ready to sacrifice and abandon ourselves our self-ambition 
our pride until we abandon all those things that displease the Lord we are not ready for revival and revival is what we need but we cannot have it our God is able to do exceeding great and mighty things and he has proven that time and time again and he wants to prove it even in our life even in my personal walk the Lord wants to prove it but I will tell you my friend there is this one thing we need to put an end of our apathy we need to put an end of our indifference we need to have that true love for the lost souls true love I mean we really love souls that when you see people you see souls and when you see souls you will cry out to God and say to the Lord Lord save the lost Lord save the people and help me Lord help me make me a clean vessel to them make me a clean vessel that Lord they will also come to, to, to know you Amen. and let us come to the Lord and say to the Lord Lord with all my heart forgive me of my sins forgive me of my selfishness and Lord give me that real burden for the souls of men because what we need really my friend is revival but revival could not come until there is that prayer that is offered with a godly glorifying motive godly glorifying motive what is your motive why you come to church what is your motive why we want revival what is your motive why you know we live a clean life what is your motive why we want revival why we want this outpouring of blessing why so that we can have a lot of money so that we can have bigger churches so that we can have a build, building of our own so that we can have a, a bigger ministries so that we can we can have a, a known name we so that we can have an easy life i will tell you it's not bad to have to have a building of our own it's not bad to have to have a prosperous life but if that is the reason why you have revival that is wrong because revival is not about us Revival is not about you, it's not about me. It's not even about our church. Revival is not about you have a prosperous life and you have a peaceful community because all are Christians all of a sudden. All of these people around us converted into Christianity. So we have Christian schools all over the place. We have Christian kindergarten. We have Christian primary school. We have Christian teachers. We have Christian mayor. We have Christian uh, counselors. We have Christian drivers. Uh, uh, truck drivers or bus drivers we have Christians all around the place all Christians is that what we want why we need revival no my friend if there is only one reason why we need to have that revival and there's only one reason of all the things that why we need revival because of this one person and this one person is found in Revelation chapter 4 verse 11 Revelation chapter 4 verse 11 Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power For thou hast created all things And for thy pleasure they, they are and were created It's all about the glory of Jesus Christ Why we seek revival? Because of the Lord Jesus Christ Now, it is now in our hand To give glory to the Lord Jesus Christ this is our time to give glory to Jesus Christ. What do you want to happen in your life in the future? I want the glory of Jesus Christ. So therefore, brothers and sisters, we are now at the time. This is our time to serve the Lord. This is our time to, to, to worship God truly from our heart. And let us stop the neglect. The neglect. Let us stop the negligent attitude. And let us serve the Lord with all our heart. And we can have it now. We can make the decision now. And if we do, I know the Lord will be glorified. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Let's pray for a while. And we will not give that invitation. But if the Lord is speaking into your heart, you will take the challenge to serve the Lord despite of the difficult situation that we are in. 
We will just serve the Lord. Whatever happens, we will serve the Lord. My friend, you can make that commitment to God now. You can talk to God, Lord, I want to serve you despite of the difficulty that we are in. Lord, help me. Lord, use me that your glory may be shown in me. And help me in this, in this uh, life today. We have a lot of problems, Lord. We have a lot of um, um, things that are happening, but Lord, use me. If that is your prayer this morning, the Lord will bless you. You want to serve the Lord, the Lord will bless you. But this is your chance. This is my chance. I cannot wait for another generation to come to serve the Lord. I will do it right now, right here, because the Lord has given me this chance to serve Him. I will not be negligent in this. I will do this with all of my heart. If that is you this morning, pray to the Lord and ask the Lord for His help. For his help. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for challenging us this morning about serving you, Lord, with all our heart. Lord, help, help us. Help us, O oh God. We need you, Lord. As much as we want to serve you, Lord, on all these enemies against um, this, um, this decision that I have, Lord, I need your help. That I can do the things, O oh God, that you want me to do. And bless your people, Lord. Bless all of us. Bless our families, Lord. Bless our children. Bless every one of us. And help us, Lord. We thank you, Father, for your grace and your mercy upon us. And continue, Lord, to pour your blessing upon your people. And use us mightily. And help us. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness today. Thank you for all the blessings. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, um, we, before the closing prayer, brother, I mean the closing hymn, we will have this dedication. Um, we are a bit, um, you know, um, late, but again, uh, it's worth it. This is a dedication of our babies, and we love that we have uh, babies in the church. <laughs>